Hi, good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight here at Lighthouse Discipleship Center. This is, my name is Dave Everett, and this is my wife, Sherry, who's uh, joining us right now. And we're going to be continuing our Bible study tonight on Effortless Change by Andrew Walmack. And uh, just so you know, all of our teachings are archived on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org, as well as our YouTube channel, Lighthouse Discipleship Center. And just again, I have to say that a lot. I, I say that every time because we have a lot of people who are following us. And, and over the last two or three weeks, we've actually have, a, have had a great increase in people following us, especially on Facebook, but also YouTube. And uh, overall, both Facebook, YouTube, and some other me, uh, platforms, we have over 10,000 people. And, I, uh, and so a lot of people are asking how they can be a part of our ministry. Well, uh, this is this is the way you can do it, and uh, and so at least for the beginning. And a lot of people asking me to teach at their church and whatnot, uh, overseas and whatnot. And although I am not scheduled to go anywhere, uh, we are not scheduled to go, <coughs> go anywhere and and anywhere in the near future. Uh, the best way to do it is all of our teachings, all of our resources we have, they're absolutely free and available everywhere, everybody, everywhere, through faith, through our, our, our website and through our YouTube channel. Our website, we have a lot more to offer you than our YouTube channel. YouTube channel, we have all of our teachings, all of our Bible studies recorded, and, and they are archived by playlists. But on our, our website, we also only have them archived by teaching series or Bible study book or whatnot. We also have many other resources on there that are absolutely free. We have all our teachings, our Bible classes, our, uh, uh, Bible, not only Bible studies, but Bible classes. And we have so much more to offer you. And some people are asking uh, how to contact us. They're trying to get us to, to, to respond by messenger. And I'm not trying to be mean or rude, but I don't respond to messenger. There's a, I have a lot of different reasons why, but one of those reasons is I have people reaching out to me through Messenger uh, every minute of the day, day and night. Uh, it's going get, I mean, even throughout the night because you're in a different time zone. Either that or some people are just not sleeping. But at the same point in time, uh, you know, it's just uh, I cannot possibly respond to over tens of thousands of people who are reaching out to me every day, every week, every month. Um, I just can't do that. And we have, we have other jobs Monday through Saturday. Uh, mainly, mainly everybody, but same point in time, and we have family time, and we have things we have to do, in addition to ministry. And uh, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm also trying to just be reasonable. And uh, yeah, and so uh, anyway, uh, the best way to get in contact with us is through our website. Yeah, a lot, I know I get a lot of people don't like that, and some people already said, "Well, we can't." Well, yes, you can. If you can be on Facebook, you can go to our website. It's the same internet. And so uh, it's free. Uh, it's, we have a contact us button or link on every page of our website. Uh, you can scroll to the top. You can scroll to the bottom. You're going to find a contact button. So, uh, so there's, no, there's no reason why you can't do that. It might not be what you prefer, uh, but it's, all, it's the way we prefer you know, and again, even if all 10,000 people reach out to me, then I, I still can't reach out to everybody. Uh, now, I'm more than likely going to respond to you if you reach out the way we ask you to, and I will if you don't. Uh, and at that same point in time, uh, you know, I mentioned this morning in my message, you know, 
a lot of people are asking me to get involved. I can't respond to everybody, but if, if they want to get involved in our church, well, if you're going to get involved in our church, then be part of the church. Encourage one another, not just me. There's people who are reaching out by, for prayer requests and different things. <coughs> and reach out. Encourage one another. They don't expect me, the pastor, to do everything. That's not the way it works. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. That doesn't mean we're not going to reach out to you. That means, you know, we'll do our part, but we can't reach everybody. At, but at some point in time, you know what? But I did say this morning, if you are, if I see people reaching out to each other and encouraging one another, even on Facebook posts, I will be more apt to engage with you than I would with everyone else. Why? Because uh, I see, I'm seeing a heart. I'm seeing faithfulness. I'm seeing uh, an effort. Uh, I'm seeing you respond. If, if, if you're calling me pastor or whatnot, well then let me pastor you. And that's one of the ways. Uh, you know, if we had a local church, I'm going to encourage you to, to, to engage with one another. <coughs> you know, we had our home Bible study uh, a few years ago, and uh, I think it was, it might have been a Sunday morning, but people were fellowshipping afterwards. Finally, Sherry and I had to go to lunch when we just let them have the house. Uh, he knows why we went to lunch. And, uh, you know, I, and we've had Bible studies where people are praying for each other, ministering to one another. As a pastor, that's awesome. I just love seeing that. I mean, you can do that on Facebook. You know, there are, you see the same comments I see. And so, you know, encourage one another. And I just encourage you to, to engage with one another. You know, um, I can do this even though I'm on the other side of the planet. Other people are reaching out there are in different countries than you are. Um, but you can reach out and connect with me better. Anyway, enough said on that. We're going to get back into our study tonight on effortless change. <coughs> We're going to be in chapter 12 again tonight. Talking about understanding. I'm going to talk more about that in just a second. But before we dive in deep, Sherry has some things to share. Andrew Womack. The right author of this book also has a monthly newsletter. And I don't know what month this was, but it was about effortless change. If you can show the front of effortless change. And Sherry wants to read uh, something from this article. So before we get into the study tonight, I'm going to get Sherry do her thing. Yes, so Andrew's newsletter is called Gospel Truth. This was from April of 2021, so this year. He actually wrote an article about uh, his teaching Effortless Change, and uh, I know I've read it in the past, but I'd like to read it again. Do you know God has more for you than you're experiencing? If you're like most Christians I've met, you're, you answered yes. The reason why is because none of us have reached our full potential. We all need to keep pursuing the things of God. John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come, that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Some translations say, life to the fullest. Yet the average Christian is living way below what God intended for them, and they don't know how to go from where they are to where they need to be. Instead, they spend a lot of time praying, fasting, and begging God for change. They're waiting on Him to do something. That's not the way the scriptures teach us to change. God has a system of change, and unlike the world system, it's supposed to be effortless. People hear the term effortless change and think it's impossible. 
With God, all things are possible, Matthew 19, 26. Many believe that change has to be traumatic and painful. However, Mark 4 shows us that a seed doesn't travail or groan to change and produce fruit. It's the nature of the seed to grow into a tree and then produce fruit. In the same way, God's word will change our lives for the better effortlessly. It's the nature of God's word to bring about change within us. The verses the Lord used to transform my life back in 1968 were Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice that verse 2 in particular says, And be not conformed to this world. This word conform means to be poured into the mold of something. Life is like a furnace and your experience, experiences are going to have an impact on you. They will melt you, but you get to pick which mold you fit into. The same things could happen to two different people and yet one could choose to become better while the other chooses to become bitter. During this COVID pandemic, I've seen people respond in absolute terror and fear. They base their lives on the fear of a virus that the vast majority of people recover from. It's sad that many Christians are just as fearful and depressed as those who don't know the Lord. There ought to be a difference. The fear of death brings people into bondage, but the Word of God can change that fear into faith. Hebrews 2.15 says Jesus came to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Unfortunately, our society has become very secular. God has been removed from most people's thinking to such a degree that they are terrified of death because they think this life is all that there is. God didn't create us to be this way. We need to change and begin living life to the fullest, like Jesus said in John 10.10. We should not be afraid because we know that perfect love casteth out fear, 1 John 4.18. We should be walking in health because we know that by Jesus' stripes we have already been healed, 1 Peter 2.24. We have promises that no plague will come near our dwelling and that God will give his angels charge over us. Psalm 91, 10, and 11. If you're a Christian, you should be living at a higher level than people who don't know the Lord. You should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. The word transformed here is the Greek word metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis from, and it describes the process of a caterpillar spinning a cocoon and then coming out out of it a beautiful butterfly. In order to change from something that is earthbound and many time, times ugly and creepy to something beautiful that soars, you have to renew your mind. Transformation, metamorphosis, happens by renewing your mind to God's word. This means that the word of God starts to dominate your thinking. For many people, this sounds too simple. However, you aren't going to change until you change the way you think because you can't rise above your thoughts. Most people are looking for change from the outside, but change starts in your heart through the renewing of your mind. It doesn't come from the outside in, 
It comes from the inside out. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your life is going the direction of your dominant thoughts. If you're waiting for God to do something to change your circumstances, the ball is in your court. God is waiting on you. He has more for you, and it doesn't have to be traumatic for you to get there. You can change effortlessly. Okay, so again, uh, I'm just welcome tonight. Uh, I'll let Sherry comment on that in just a second. Uh, here, thank you for joining us tonight. We're continuing our Bible study on effortless change. We're going to be in chapter 12 again tonight. Uh, but Sherry just wanted to read an article from the same author, Andrew Womack, and we, we get a monthly newsletter from him, and so this was a monthly newsletter that we got. I don't know if it was this month or recently, but anyway, uh, it's on the same title, Effortless Change. And so Andrew was just uh, giving some uh, comments on that in this article that Sherry just read. So anyway, Sherry, you want to come? The main thing what I like about Andrew's article, since it complements, obviously, the study we're doing, because it is, it's the same teaching that Andrew's commenting on, but I like it because he, he puts it in a nutshell in the article that it's by renewing our mind that this effortless change comes, but it's by renewing our mind to the Word of God. He spells it out so clearly in that one sentence that the you know he, he goes off of uh, Romans 12 uh, verses 1 and 2 uh, not being conformed to this world but be transformed by the reno, renewing of our mind but this whole effortless change that he's trying to get across that Dave and I are sharing this Bible study on it will change your life and the thing that hit me this time of reading this article is, you know, Andrew made a comment, unfortunately, our society has become very secular. God has been removed from most people's thinking to such a degree that they are terrified of death because they think this life is all that there is. And I just want to add from what I've seen in life and of people who've basically taken God out of their lives or their thoughts and their their thinking like Andrew said has become secular is even if they know God they don't want anything to do with him one because they don't know him and two is because they're afraid that when they face him whether it be uh, when when they die or when they come before God when Jesus comes or even in their own earthly walk day to day they're afraid that if they look to God that he's going to be harsh with them and that's because they don't know that, that, and that's what I was going to get at this effortless change by being in God's word we see God for who he truly is we get to have a relationship with the most loving, gentle, generous merciful, gracious God that could ever be and yet, a lot of people have a hard time with God because they don't know Him. And I appreciate Andrew's teaching because when we, when we get to know God for who He truly is by being in His Word, not only are we living life to the fullest like he was bringing out in John 10.10, 10, we, we have a relationship with with God 
we have everything that he says in Ephesians 1 of our inheritance that he's given us through Jesus Christ. We see uh, scriptures that we all know and love come to, to life in our lives because we're walking in that covenant that God made with Jesus Christ going to the cross for us. And our, our lives not only are never the same, but we have victory. We, you know, Dave this morning briefly shared about, I mean, he, he does a lot in a lot of his, his uh, messages, but I always like it when he defines salvation, the, the, the Greek word uh, solteria. Greek word is solteria, the Hebrew word Yeshua. Because what that entails, what it means, is not just salvation to get to heaven. It is wholeness, deliverance, prosperity, uh, healing. Sure. I feel like I'm, I'm missing a word, but it, salvation in title includes all of that. And as a Christian, God so wants us to walk in that. Um, but for us to walk in that, we need to, to know him and walk with him with him. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. I don't have a lot to comment on it. It's just good stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, this article, I mean, I don't have a lot to comment on this article. But it's good. Uh, it just, uh, 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 I mean, it's kind of synopsis of this whole book. Uh, so, that, so that's why I do like it. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's just, uh, but it is just another way of just uh, driving in the point, you know. A lot of people think it's, it can't happen effortlessly, and I, I one thing that stood out for me was just uh, again this whole principle, you know, real change. If you want change in your life, it will happen from the inside out, not the outside in. You cannot control the flesh by the flesh. You control the flesh by walking in the spirit. Galatians five sixteen. And so. Focus, put your focus, but you know, I, I, I don't know if you guys watch movies in other countries, but we have seen the movie Star Wars, and there's one Star Wars episode where uh, I think it's a battle of the clones or something of that nature, and uh, uh, Yoda is telling all the star troopers, put your, all your firepower in your starship. You know, put all your, and my encouragement to you is put all your, your, your firepower into a relationship with God. Put all your firepower into certain seeking Jesus. Put all your firepower into knowing how much he loves you. You can't even love others. You can't even love God. You can't love yourself until you first know his love. Uh, you know, effortless change. Put, uh, if you want your life to change, put your firepower into walking in the spirit. When you don't know God, as Sherry was talking about, you will give it the fear, as Andrew said in the article, Amid COVID, amid everything else, you know, perfect love casts out fear. But uh, uh, when we fear, that means we we are not made perfect in love. Uh, John talks about this in his first epistle, the first epistle, uh, chapter four. <coughs> and it was First John chapter four, and so uh, you know we need to put our focus on a relationship with God, and when we do, we're going to see our lives changing ever. Well, in this study, we're talking about uh, a lot about the parable of the sower. Jesus said the parable of the, regarding the parable of the sower, this is the parable of all parables. 
Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you can't understand any of the parables. And in this parable of the sower, uh, most of us have heard it, that there's one seed, and it's produced on four different kinds of soil. Or one kind of seed, if I can even say it that way. What's the seed? The seed is in God's Word. And God's Word is sown on four different kinds of soil. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and, and that, in other words, the same seed, the same Word of God, is sown on different kinds of soil. But the, so, but the soil determines whether that seed is going to produce at all, or it's going to produce 30, 60, or 100 fold. And so, and all four kinds of soil heard the Word of God. If you read the parable of the soil, all four parables heard the Word of God, but only one soil heard it and understood the Word of God. So it's not enough just to hear the Word. And at that point in time, we're not putting down hearing the word because even the good soil heard the word. You can't understand something that you don't that you never heard. So hearing the word is a starting point, uh, but it's not enough. You need to hear the word and understand it. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to help us. He's going to help us, but but there are different things that we need to take place so we can understand the word of God. We need to hear it and we need to understand it if God's word is going to change our lives effortlessly. And so we, we, we started this, the title of this chapter, chapter 12, is talking about understanding. And we are actually part way through and under, we're under the section heading immediately. And so um, we'll, get, we'll talk about that tonight and see how far we get. As a very young Christian just getting started, this truth came alive in my heart and ignited my faith. And this is that he's talking about the previous section about God's word is an incorruptible seed, never fails to work. This truth came alive in my heart and ignited my faith. As I meditated on this parable, I saw and believed with all of my heart that God's word would change my life. All I had to do was take the word of God and meditate on it, and the word would do the rest, because I believed the word was an incorruptible seed. Through this, my life has truly transformed. In my finances, I'm a totally different person than I used to be. I'm walking in health in my physical body, and I've seen other people miraculously healed because of the word I've meditated on. In my emotions, I'm a different person because of God's word. It's changed my relationship with relationships with people. I can trace anything that God has done in my life back to his word. That's powerful, and that's what this parable is teaching. The Lord describes the first type of soil in Mark 4.15, saying, These are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Once the word is sown on this type of soil, the devil comes immediately to steal the seed that was planted in your heart. When some people hear that the word of God is a seed and that if they will just take the word and plant it in their heart, they will see miraculous results, they think. This is the answer. All I have to do is take the word of God and all my problems will be over. Not exactly. It's actually more accurate to say that once you take the word, commit yourself to it, and start meditating on it and getting to know the word of God for yourself, then all of your problems have just begun. You may not like what I'm saying, but it's true. Satan isn't really against you personally. 
He knows that on your own, you're a zero. You aren't going to be a threat to him or anybody else. It doesn't matter who you are or what you think you have apart from the Lord and his word you have and his word you are never going to truly change this world and have a powerful impact for God's kingdom. But if the word of God ever starts taking root on the inside of you and growing up and producing, the devil has had it. Satan is petrified of the word. He's going to come against the word of God immediately and try to steal it out of your heart. So I want to reread uh, real quick this uh, passage that we're quoting from right now from Mark 4.15. And it says, because uh, we're talking about the parable of the sower, but we're looking at Mark's uh, version of, of the story, of this parable. And Jesus said, uh, when you're describing the first soil, he says, the first kind, there's four kind, different kinds of soil. He says, these are they which are, uh, these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they heard, they heard it, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in the hearts. You know, and, and then Andrew goes on to say that some people think, well, if since the word of God is a seed, all God do is sow in the heart and it's just going to take care of itself. So that's the effortless. Well, that's really partially true. Let's just take the idea of a seed for a moment. If you just go plant it out in the ground and in the soil, but you don't water it, you don't take care of it, you don't nurture it, perhaps you don't fertilize it, it doesn't get the proper sunshine, maybe it's too much, too little, you know, um, you know, it's not going to grow. Yes, the two major components of that seed growing is the soil, the seed, <laughs> and the soil. It also needs the water. It also needs, and it needs a good soil. You know, we're talking about the seed that fell on the wayside. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says, they heard the word of God, but immediately Satan comes and steals that seed. You know, if you don't have, just hearing it is not enough. And sometimes, sometimes people, like Andrew says, will think that they, all they got to do is hear the word, and it's going to produce. And I, I'm not going to have any more problems because I'm hearing the word of God. And Andrew says the opposite, which some of us don't like to hear. Sometimes when you're hearing the word of God, you're actually going to have more problems. Why? It's not that God's creating more problems, but Satan. You, you are, once you are, once you become a disciple of God, once you start giving God's word. Satan's going to do everything he can to steal that seed. To steal that seed out of that soil of your heart. That's what he did with the Adam and Eve. And, 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 uh, and Paul says, I am jealous with you over a, with a godly jealousy. That the same way that when the enemy beguiled Eve, he would also beguile you. Satan wants to steal that seed. The same way he stole the seed out of Adam and Eve's heart. Eve more particularly. But anyway, I'm not going down that road right now. It just, the enemy wants to steal that seed, and he doesn't wait. <laughs> <coughs> Satan doesn't vacillate. If you're not that good soil, if you, if you don't, have, don't have that word established in your heart, the enemy will try to take it away immediately. Sometimes if you're not paying attention, he'll take it away before you even knew what happened in one sense. You know, we, we, we talk about discipleship. Discipleship is a disciplined learner. There's a discipline to it. It's not just easy peasy. 
it's a discipline learner. We're talking about effortless change, but now you're saying you're talking about efforts. Well, we a gardener or a farmer, when they plant their seed, they can, really can't make that seed grow. All they can do is create the environment, the good soil, watering it properly, giving the wrong right amount of sunshine, sometimes pesticides or, or, or fertilizer. And I guess some people are against some of that stuff. But a good farmer knows how to take care of the environment of that seed, but the seed grows on its own. Okay? The seed grows effortlessly. But there's some farming that needs to take place. There's some gardening that needs to take place. You know, when you have a child, then you're not just going to come out of the womb knowing everything. You're going to have to teach them. You're going to have to train them. Yes, the first few years, you're going to have to change some diapers and different things. But even as they grow older, you're still going to have to nurture your child so they can grow and produce 30, 60, 100 fold. So they can be successful in their own life. <coughs> you know, yeah, it just takes time. It takes time to, if you are a teacher or a mentor, it's going to take a while to develop your, uh, the one you're mentoring, your disciple. If you are a coach, it's going to take a little while to develop your athlete. You know, it just takes a while to learn something, to, to get us established. And the enemy wants to get you right away to get you to quit, get you to throw in the towel and steal that seed, you know. And so anyway, um, you know, we have a lot more to say about that. I want you to share that and say. I do. I, I appreciate Andrew's using the words that uh, it's not just hearing the word or reading the word, but it is taking the word and committing yourself to it and meditating on it and getting to know the word of God. Uh, I mean, we can all read something and have it kind of, to use expression, go in one ear and out the other, and it doesn't leave a lasting impression. Uh, or even if, say, we had the Bible on tape or CD where we could listen to it, it if we're not committing it to our our hearts you know that's the, that's a big difference um, but for us to know the word of God in our hearts and eat live and breathe it you know there's a reason that Jesus uh, says it and, and it's also in the Old Testament about uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that, that cometh uh, from God. And I know I'm uh, not quoting it exact 100% word for word. But there is a reason why God gave us this living, breathing word that we are to take in and digest and meditate on it and ha have faith in and to know it and to just be intimate with God's word. Versus just, you know, I, I, I can read a book on learning how to drive a car. Um, I, I can go to work and they, can, and they can show me how to do something. But if I'm never going to use it that, if I'm never going to drive that car or, or never going to do whatever it is that they're teaching me at work, and, and I don't, and I personally don't do it, I just let them do it. I'm never going to be able to, to use that skill um, 
maybe that's a not a very good analogy, but you know, Dave made a comment this morning that when we got married, he didn't just get get married to me and then go off and do his own thing. He has a relationship with me. We we do life together, um, and that's what marriage is all about. It's not just having a ceremony and then one person goes one way and the other person goes that way. When, when you have a seed, you don't just throw it on the ground and walk away. You know, there's different types of seed and it'll say on the packet, uh, if, you, if you don't go to a nursery and get it already started, but on a seed packet, it'll tell you, does it need sun? Does it need shade? How much water to give it? How deep you plant it in the soil? There's a, a lot of variables in that. And Andrew isn't trying to scare you away that, hey, once you're in God's word, you're going to have a lot more problems because the enemy, in God's word, it tells you that you are a victor in Christ. In God's word, it says you are an overcomer. In God's word, it says that he has chosen you, adopted you into his family, that you have an inheritance. In his word, it says we're kings and priests. In his word, it says that we are healed by his stripes. In his word, it says that he gives us peace. In his word, he says that he gives us grace and mercy. If, we, if we're not in his word and we don't know who we are, Excuse my language, but we will have a crappy life. When we're in God's word, even if the enemy throws something our way, Jesus has already placed him under our feet. And God's word teaches us how to overcome. It, we overcome by the, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We needed to take God's word and commit it so we know how to deal with things. How many times does it say, uh, submit to God and the, and the devil will flee? How many times does it say, uh, you know, these are the, the this, is, this is how you triumph in life. This is how you get by. This is how you love one another. How are we to know that and get through life with, without this help. Awesome, awesome. You know, so, and some of these warnings or some of these, uh, you know, when Andrew says that, you know, when you start pursuing God, you're not going to be escaping problems. You might even be facing more problems. That's not to scare you. That is actually to prepare you. You know, a good coach, a good teacher, a good mentor, a good parent is going to be honest with his teacher, with his student, and with his athlete, and let them know the things to be aware of. Not to scare them. Not to uh, paralyze them. But to prepare them. You know, so they're not caught off guard. What is this? What's this going on? Because sometimes, you know, one of the reasons why one of the, 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 the tactics of the enemy is that when he comes attacking you, you automatically think, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Sometimes if you're being attacked, it's not because of what you're doing wrong, it's because of what you're doing right. 
Uh, the devil doesn't attack those who are no threat to him. You know, if you ever have a battle, a war, you don't attack the ones so much that so you don't put all your effort on the ones who are no threat. There's some Christians who are not being attacked because in one sense of the word, they're no threat. They're just lazy. They're complacent. They're not doing anything. They're isolated. In one sense, he already has them where he wants them. And sometimes they're actually producing, they're actually helping his kingdom and not God's kingdom. I'm not so much talking about that, even though that can be the case. But sometimes it's not because of what we've done wrong. Sometimes we've made our own mess. And one sense, we we dug in our own bed and you know, we're wallowing in that. God can change that around if we will turn to him and we allow him to do so. But at the same point in time, you know, just because, you know, Andrew's just trying to paint a picture, and I'm trying to paint a picture, is that just because you are seeking God doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. You might even have more. Now, just because I say you have problems, that doesn't mean that you have to put up with sickness. That doesn't mean you have to put up with lack. That doesn't mean you have to put up with some things. It might mean that you're going to rebuke some things. It might mean you're going to speak healing and whatnot, but you have authority. We're talking about that on Wednesday nights and a little bit on Sunday mornings right now. But you have authority. You have anointing. It's anointing that will break the yoke. But and so and, and and because you're being you might be being attacked, it might seem like it's not effortless. The seed the seed is effortless. God changing you from the inside out is effortless. But you seeking the Lord. The Bible says we have to labor to enter into his rest. The Bible says we seek first the kingdom of God. If you're seeking something, you're you're pursuing it. There's an effort involved. Okay? There's a diligence involved. We are not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works. That's a whole other teaching, but you got something burning. I I know if you've if you've read Andrew's books, he usually breaks his chapters into sections, and I know he's gonna to uh, explain it more clear in this next section um, and I'm really excited to get there but I, I wanted to piggyback on some things that, that Dave's saying because they, they keep coming to mind you know he, he keeps talking about the change being from the inside out not the outside in and let, let me paint it this way so that you can kind of think about this if you built a house and you painted the outside looking good, you you did landscaping, um, you you did whatever it is. Like in the United States, uh, people like to see if the the driveway they can fit their their car in. They like to see how many cars they can fit in their the garage. Some are single, some are double, some are bigger, whatever. They like to see is the house on a on a busy street because if you have kids you don't want it too busy is it on a cul-de-sac there's a lot of things that give it what people call curb appeal that it just looks good on the outside that's all fine and dandy when you're trying to sell a, a house and trying to get people to come in but if on the inside is just gutted there's uh, no appliances or cupboards in the kitchen if you don't have bathroom fixtures if the floor is rotted 
if there's no foundation, it doesn't matter how good that house looks on the outside, it's the inside that matters. And when you, you know, as, as a human, you, you know, society has taught us a lot of what is attractive to other people, how you dress, how you do your hair, if you're a woman, you know, jewelry or makeup or uh, going to a doctor to take fat off or, you know, whatever it might be. People look at that outside and, and, you know, you're thinking, well, maybe if I'm doing this or that or if I'm, you know, really white skinned, if I get a tan, maybe I'll look more attractive. Maybe if I change my hair color, that's our supernatural, uh, superficial, excuse me, not supernatural. That's superficial on the outside, but the inside is really going to be what, what uh, matters. You know, I, I used to go to a, uh, a women's group uh, for part of my job. I would take a client there, and there was this gal in the natural. She was probably one of the most prettiest ladies I've ever seen, but she had the worst attitude. Everything out of her mouth was negative, and I used to want to get to know her because she was just so pleasing to the, to the eye. She was an older woman, uh, grandmother age, but I was thinking, man, if she's this pretty now, what she must have been when she was younger. But her attitude, I, I couldn't sit at the same table near her because it just, if it was a hot day, she'd be complaining about the heat or this, or that, or the other thing. The, the point being that the, the inside change of someone is so much more important and valuable than what is on the outside. And I'm not saying don't change yourself on the outside. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to to kind of explain or give hopefully help on why we are talking about changing the inside. I, I do want to get to this next section of Andrews because both Dave and, and Andrew alluded to the, the problems that we uh, have in life and they could be escalated when we are in God's word. But I, I, I'm going to let Andrew uh, speak on it. But I, wanna, I want to say one thing for anyone who is still struggling with this effortless change idea. Hear Andrew out. Hear Dave and I out. Don't uh, don't get discouraged if you're like, but I am in God's word. I'm not seeing any change, or I, I want to, but I can't. I don't understand it. it there's so many things uh, involved in it. One of the songs we sang in worship today, there was a phrase in it that I just, I wish I could just shout it from the rooftops because I feel like it was from God. It said, go forward forward in grace and God's not being harsh on you he someone uh, shared a picture of God reaching down to help he's telling you to stand back up because you've fallen down but he's not just telling you to, to stand up on your own he's reaching down to help you up and this go forward in grace you know God's saying hey past is past but today Yes, I want you to stand up. Yes, I want you to move forward. 
but I want you to go forward in grace, the grace that I have for you. Right. Well, uh, that's it. All good. I don't, I don't want to uh, rush it, but it's um, all good. And so let's, let's uh, get to this next part here. Not without a fight. You may be tempted to say, well, if that's true, then I won't even get into the Word of God. I don't want to be a target for the devil. I'm not saying that you're going to lose. I'm winning, but it's not without a fight. Once you make a commitment to stand on the Word of God, when you determine that the Word is going to be number one in your life, don't be deceived into thinking that all of your problems are over. They've only just begun. However, if you will continue to stand on the Word of God and not give in, you'll be victorious. You'll be a winner, but it won't be without a fight. And Andrew shares 1 Timothy 6.12 and Hebrews 10.32. Matthew 13, 18 and 19 says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which, which receives seed by the wayside. Matthew stated, that this just, stated this just a little differently than Mark. The wayside refers to a place where many people have walked. In other words, the dirt has been packed down and compacted. Instead of being able to sink into the ground, germinate, and take root, the seed just laid on the surface. Just like a bird will come and eat seeds thrown on hard-packed ground, so Satan immediately steals the word from God. From excuse me, Satan immediately steals the word from people who don't get God's word down on the inside of them. If a, if the word doesn't penetrate and get down inside a person's heart, the devil comes immediately and steals the word from them. Out of the four different types of people that the Lord described in this parable. This is the only group that Satan had total access to. The devil could just steal the word away from this first type of person. Notice what verse 19 reveals. When anyone heareth the word of the, thy kingdom, excuse me, that kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. In other words, understanding is what allows the seed to sink down inside you. Understanding allows the word to penetrate your heart. It's the door that permits the word to come into your life. If there isn't understanding, then the word is never going to germinate. So the word of God must be spoken in such a way that it's easy to understand. Okay, so there's a couple things here I want to pick you back on. Again, we're talk talking about the parable of the sower. Talking about particularly right now, we're talking about understanding as well as we're talking about the seed that fell on the wayside. You know, and Andrew makes a point with the even with the section heading here, and it's not without a fight. I mean, no, we're in the fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a good fight. It's a good fight of faith. And so, but it's a fight that we know we can win. It's not a fight that we're going to lose. It's a fight that we can know we can win. And but it's not without a fight. It's not just through osmosis. It's not being complacent. It's not just sitting on the pew. You know, I said this morning, this is not a spectator sport. We are in the game. In the game called life. And in this section, 
and just comparing Matthew's version of the parable of the sower with against Mark's uh, version of the parable of the sower that will be read in uh, the last section. And not just the whole parable, we're looking at particularly how, talk about understanding, but in the light of the seed that fell on the wayside. And Andrew makes a point here that the seed that fell on the wayside is really the only seed of the four different kinds of soil. It's the only soil where the enemy has full access. And why is that so? Why, is it so? why, does, <coughs> why does the enemy be able to take this seed and not only just take it, but take it immediately? Because it's, it's on the pavement. What's the pavement? The pavement is where people are walking back and forth. It's like a, almost like a rut in the ground, but it's just, it, it becomes it's a pavement because the, the, the ground is so packed down because of people walking on it so much that the seed can't germinate. It can't uh, get into the ground. And we get a lot of people. And, and, you know, I know we have a lot of people watching Facebook, so a lot of people will be watching this later. Uh, you know, uh, usually we have over 300 people watching before, uh, you know, we get to the next teaching. But, you know, people will be watching between now and Wednesday and even beyond that. <coughs> you know, we have a lot of people, and I just want to use Facebook as an example. We have a lot of people who just skim by. They might live. I don't know. Even though I, I, know, I know I have a lot of people listening, watching, uh, giving comments, liking it, not you know, whatever. Giving some type of reaction to it. I don't know when you guys are watching how many of you are actually watching and listening to the whole thing. Or whether you just listen to five minutes of it. Or whether you just listen to the whole thing. Whether you listen to uh, 75% of it, half of it. 25% of it, or maybe you just listen for a minute or less. I don't know. And it's not about you listening to me so much, or you're listening to someone else. It's just, you know, are you if you're if you're the type of person that you're just going to get a quick fix, I mean, I, this is not a put down, I'm just using this as an illustration. But if you're just skimming through it, and you're wondering, and then you're wondering why it's not working. See, what we're trying to teach you, and what we're why, that's why we have a website and a YouTube channel, so we have a lot of teachings archived. I don't expect you to listen to all of them, but my point is, I would just pick one or pick a, a series. <coughs> Some of my teaching series are long. This, when we do the Bible studies, they're pretty long because we're going through the whole book, verse word by word, chapter by chapter. But some of them, you know, just pick something and, and pick, maybe pick a series on, of it and, and study it and listen to it. You know, maybe go to the Bible verses that we're using, whatever, study it. But if you're just the type of person that, you know, I'm not saying you have to do that whatever you study or whatnot, but if you're just the type of person where you're just going to listen to five minutes and then wonder why it's not working, well, I can tell you why it's not working. Because you're, you're like the type of person where the seed just fell by the wayside. You are not establishing the word. See, as a pastor, there's four different kinds of people that I can talk to. I can talk to those who, their heart is like, the, it's a good soil. They're hungry. They, 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 they want to be fed. And, I mean, I've had people in my life, as a pastor, I've had people, they're just hungry. They, they want the Word of God. They're hungry for it. And they're, you know, they're, they discipline themselves and listen to it. I get it. We all have different schedules and different things and restrictions. And I get that. I'm not picking on anybody. But then we have some people, which we're going to this this, this 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 type of soil, where they're just busy, 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 and they're like to see that it fell on the thorny soil, 
and then we had the, the seed that fell on the rocky soil. It, you know, it spun up quick, but again, there's really no, there's really no root system. It's a, it's, it's still kind of a quick fix. And then we have the, 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 the soil, it, went, it didn't even penetrate at all. I mean, they're just looking, they're, it's like the crumbs on the ground. It, 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 I mean, they didn't even, it did, it's like, you know, we planted a garden one time years ago, and before we could even start, the shovel just bounced right off that soil because it was so many roots in that thing. We had to actually use a saw and different things to get those roots out of there before, and it took a, a couple of weeks to even uh, make a dent into the soil. But when we did, we actually mixed some new soil with the old soil, and after we had uh, got out all the roots, and it was actually a beautiful garden when we were all done with it, but it took some work. But it, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to paint a picture. It, it took some work. It took some effort. That kind of goes against the title. I understand that. But it, it was repairing our hearts to receive. It took some discipline. Uh, you know, it didn't just happen. Uh, if we planted a seed there, it wouldn't, have, it, it, it wouldn't have done anything. It would just, we would be feeding the birds more than we'd be feeding the seed. You know, and nothing wrong with feeding birds. But that wasn't our purpose with that garden. You know, and so... Um, if you let me just let me just take this on in a different direction. If you are hungry for God's word, if you want God's word to change your life, then you're going to need to become a disciple of it. This word, this the God's word will not change your life from the inside out if you are just going to be a quick fix person and you, and you don't have time. <coughs> to study the Word of God. On our website, we have free Bible classes. We have all these free Bible teachings and whatnot. And I'm not, again, I'm not expecting you to listen to all of it. But how much of it do you want? And and if you can even go and take our Bible classes, but if you're just going to rush through them to get them done and expect it to, you know, be a student of the Word. Study it to show yourself approved. So you, uh, you know, be a student. Take it seriously. You know, I remember uh, back in 2004, I went back to school to, to be, for a tent making job in the county. And I went back and I had 10 months. And I had, the, the school was lousy. Uh, I mean, they, had, they changed the administration four or five times in the 10 months I was there. But the, my teacher was awesome. Her name was Sylvia, I believe. And, uh, but I went there with the intent to learn. It was, a, it was a tough time for us. I was working a graveyard shift taking this class. You know, it was hard being away from Sherry, uh, taking class and working a graveyard shift. It was a, it was a tough season for us. But I went with the intent to learn. The school, I could have quit many times because the school was lousy. The teacher was good. But the school was lousy. I actually finished and I actually graduated being valedictorian. And why? Because I went with the intent to learn. You know, there was all kinds of distractions around me. Other people weren't learning and whatnot. That, you know, in one sense, that was their problem. I went there to learn. And I learned. And I actually graduated valedictorian. My point, I'm just using that as illustration. That was just for an accounting degree. I'm, I'm talking about uh, learning the Word of God. I want to learn it. And if you want to, to grow spiritually, if you want to mature spiritually, if you want to see God use you, and God work in your life. As you do that, you're going to have fight, fight some, face some challenges. It's not going to be without a fight. But at the same point in time, if you will press through, if you will be a student of God's word and a disciple of God's word, 
God's word will change you. How will it change you? Because as you become a disciple of God's word, you get the seed of God's word. God's word is like a seed, and it gets down. You're developing roots, and you're getting established in righteousness. You're getting established in his love. You're getting established in grace. You're getting established on who you are in Christ. You're getting established. And as you get established like a tree, you develop a root system of who you are in Christ. It might take a little bit of time, but you're going to grow. <coughs> and like an oak tree. Or, 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 uh, uh, what's that tree that grows? Uh, palm? Uh, yeah, palm tree, but also uh, bamboo. Uh, bamboo, you know, it has a root system. It's down. It's deep. It might take a while for it to really grow, but a palm tree is a good example, too. It just it got a root system. But then there's some trees. They might look big, but their root system is shallow. You know, and so it might be beautiful. And I'm not, I just, uh, I think one reason God gave us those trees is because it's a good example of the two different kinds of trees. <laughs> but they're beautiful trees too, don't get me wrong. But if the key, my job as a pastor is to, to equip you to get a root system. But I can only teach you if you're willing to listen. And how, you know, there's no quick fix. A disciple is a, is a disciplined learner. You know, Jesus, spent, the disciples spent three and a half years with Jesus. Paul, after he was converted, spent three and a half years in Damascus before he really started his apostille ministry. Uh, apostolic ministry, I recommend I should put it that way. But just uh, uh, be a student of God's Word. So, you know, and uh, all scripture is profitable for, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, where the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good Work. I want you to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I can't do it in myself, but I can do it by get, getting you grounded in the Word. I can teach it to you. We can have Bible studies. We have all kinds of teachings and resources on our website. You can even go to Andrew's website. You can go to other people's website. And you can find us all on YouTube. But I can teach you, but you have to have the attitude. You have to have the heart to want to learn. And if you just want a quick fix, microwave, three points, no more, you know, and that's all you want. And I'm not, I don't have a wrong problem with having a little devotional with three points. When I think those can be good. But there's a difference between, are you going to get fast food all your life, or are you going to have some home-cooked meals? Are you going to get some root system? Are you going to be fast food where you just eat it fast, or are you going to sit around the dinner table and get to know each other, get to know the family, and, and fellowship with one another? Are you going to, you know, are you going to get to know God? Jesus said he stands at the door and knocks. We, we use that to reach the world, but Jesus, we find that in Revelation chapter 3. And he's, Jesus is standing at the door of his church. He's not standing at the door of the world, even though we can apply to that. I, I don't have a problem with applying to the world, but that's, we're taking it out of context. In context, Jesus is standing at the door of his church. And the church that he's standing at, Compared to the other six churches, there are seven churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. That the, the, the church of Laodicea is a church in its worst condition. At the church in its worst condition, Jesus doesn't throw in the towel. The lukewarm church, Jesus doesn't give up on it. No, he stands at the door and knocks. Why? Because he wants to come in and sup with you and you with him. He wants a fellowship with you. He wants a relationship with you. 
It's, and so Jesus is not just standing at the door of the world. Yes, that's true. But he, but let's take let's take that uh, teaching from Revelation chapter three and let's keep it in context. He's talking to his church, and he's talking specifically. He's talking to a church in its worst condition. He's talking to a church. I think they're okay, but he says you're blind, you're naked, you, uh, you know, you you have nothing. You're saying I have need of nothing, but you need everything. If you are the type of Christian that's going around saying, Pastor Dave, I don't need anything. I'm good. Well, you, in one sense, you're sounding just like the church of Laodicea. They said that. But Jesus doesn't give up on you. I'm not giving up on you. But Jesus is standing at the door knocking so that he can come in and have fellowship with you. And as you have fellowship with God, fellowship with Jesus, you're going to create a root system where the enemy can't just come and steal your seed immediately. But if you don't develop a root system, if you don't get... See, I can, I'm can. i grounded in who I am in Christ. You, and the devil can't just come... Some somebody. There's a lot of people teaching on Facebook. And there's, there's some teachers I like on Facebook, and there's some teachers, uh, God bless them, but I rebuke a few of them. <laughs> you know, it just, I don't rebuke them all, but uh, that's not my place. I don't have time for that. But at the same point in time, and, and, uh, but there's been a few that I've connected with, and then they get, you know, anyway, I just, <coughs> if you don't, are not establishing who you are in Christ, you're not establishing the Word of God, if you're scrolling through Facebook, you can get messed up doctrinally real quick. And Paul talks about that. That's why the fivefold ministry says that we are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ, so we all come to the unity of the faith. And then in verse uh, 14, he says, uh, so that we would not be like children tossed by every wind of doctrine. If you are not establishing God's word, you're going to be tossed here and through by every wind of doctrine. I, I can teach it to you, I can teach you, I can pastor you, but I can't, I can't make you understand it. I can create the environment, I can teach it where it's understandable, but you have to be the discipline to understand it. You need to be grounded in who you are in Christ. I can't do that for you. I can teach it. I can mentor you. I can coach you. I can mentor you. I can do a lot of things. But you have to learn it. You, have, you know, a, a good coach, it can't make the athlete learn. The athlete is going to have to be willing to learn. A good coach, if the athlete is, has an attitude and is not willing to learn, then he's like, we're just wasting our time. Same thing with a good teacher and student. You know, I can only go so far based on your attitude. But if your attitude is to learn, I can teach you. But if your attitude is to be negative and difficult, and and are you don't you're not willing to, you know, some of our, our mentors when we went to Bible school, Greg Moore being one of them. But he's, he taught us, you know, you know, he'll teach people, people will come into his office for pastoral care. He'll give them an assignment, something to do, and they don't do it. And he's like, well, if you're not going to, if you're going to come to me and ask me what to do, and then I give you something to do and you don't do it, then why are we talking? You know, some people, some of you have asked me, what can we do to be, well, I said, I, I told you, listen to our teachings, encourage one another on Facebook. Even in the comments below. I, I know even tonight there's some people asking for prayer. Well, pray for them. Minister to one another. You know? <coughs> you want my counsel. You want my pastor. And yet you, 
where you do what I what I say. I'm not your Lord. I'm not your master. But you you're coming to me for a coaching. You're coming to me for pastoral care. You're coming to me for and, and you know some some people they're only interested in their need. Some people are only interested in what they're need prayer for, and they can care less about anyone else. That's not that's selfish. And I'm not saying your need is not dire. I'm not saying your need is not important, but we are a body. And for you to say that your need is more important than someone else's, that's wrong. That's just wrong. And that's not maturity. That's selfishness. You know? Um, and so you pushing yourself in front of the line and disregarding everybody else with that, that's wrong. And so, and again, I'm not saying your need is not important, that we need to minister to you, but we everyone needs to be ministered to including everyone else who is online. And so, and the ones that are pushy, the ones that are pushy like that, I, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't have time for you. Because, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, anyway, that's a whole other subject I'm getting off, off track here. But I'm, I, I want to piggyback it back on this whole, I'm big on this, being established. And there's only one way to develop a root system, and that's going to take some time. That's going to take some discipline. That's going to take some watering it by the word. That's going to take some time. But if you don't, you're just going to be like that seed on the wayside with no system. It's no. It's, it's just seed sitting on this hard, hard surface that it's not plant, even really planted because there's there's no there's no there's no root system. It hasn't even. It's still on top of the ground. It's still on top of the pavement, and the enemy is just going to steal that seed. And, and we get it. We get all, all four of these kinds of soil. We, we have experienced it in our, some of us in our own lives. Some people look at these four, four uh, the pebble soil as four stages of, of growth. I can go there with that. But I also think that these can also be, uh, you know, in one sense, if you look at this, only 25% of the people are really going to listen. Um, and so, and, and, I, and I find that to be true. Uh, I'd say about 10,000 people are listening to seven a week, but probably about only 25% of those are really going to listen. And actually, probably going to be even less than that uh, based on statistics. But at the same point in time, I hope you're not getting offended. If, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. If you want to grow, if you want this Christianity to work, then you need to be a disciple of God's Word. So, anyway. You know, I, I know we're closing because uh, we're out of time. But one thing we know and have learned, uh, especially me personally, is we can't rely on someone else for being God's for us. Uh, you, you need to do that for yourself. Um, you can't rely on other pastors and, and, and teachers you need to study the Word of God for yourself. So like Dave said, you're not tossed to and fro uh, with every uh, weird doctrine out there. We have to be established in Jesus Christ and His Word so that we can withstand the storms. You know, Andrew and Dave have talked about, you know, the, the problems we face uh, in, in life and when we're in God's Word, those problems could escalate. And again, like Dave said, it's not to scare you. It's just to, hey, be, you know, be real with you and let you know so you know to, to not give up, to to run the race with endurance. And I, and I, I like Dave's analogy with, with the tree. 
and I have a verse uh, to share with you for that to encourage you even when the, the, the storms come you know Jeremiah 17 8 says blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit you know if you want to not have fear and be anxious even when these storms come when these drought comes the answer is right there be grounded in the in the word of god in the lord you know jesus himself says in in john 15 to abide in him and and he in us so that we that we will be green and and uh and and bear much fruit and we can't emphasize it enough that we each one of us needs that relationship with the lord each one of us needs to be in the word of god ourselves so that we can study it and know it you know when i was a child and i read the word of god i didn't understand everything some parts i did i believe the lord gave me an understanding from an early age but it wasn't a hundred percent understanding I knew bits and pieces, but as I've grown and matured in the Lord, it is so much easier now to understand the Word of God and to walk in that understanding than when I was younger and I first believed it and, and didn't, didn't know what I know now. And this is to encourage you. You will get there. When you put the Word of God in your heart and commit your way to Him and trust Him, what a big difference in your life and that effortless change will bear fruit. Amen. Amen. You know, we're here to encourage you. We're here to edify you. We're here to admonish you in the Lord. And so that's what we're here for. I mean, God bless you. We're out of time, but we will be back Wednesday night at 7 o'clock talking about the Believer's Authority. And uh, we just pray you guys have a good week. Okay? God bless you guys. We'll see you on Wednesday.